You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 83. How do you prevent mold in an income producing property? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. We are getting closer to Christmas. Yep. It's uh, just in a few weeks here. That's right. And closer to, well, I don't know if we're getting closer to summer in this tundra, but at least I'll look be positive and say every day that passes <laughs> gets us closer to warmer weather. Well, if I remember, I, I can't remember for sure, but I think, I don't know what it's called. Is it winter solstice? Yeah, December, like December 21st. So from then on, this is what I always tell you, from then on, our days start to get a little longer. Because right now, yeah, it's short. It's like, it's dark at four thirty, five o'clock. And yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine people who live in Alaska. I, I believe, I could be wrong again, though. I think it's this time of year that it stays light for 24 hours. And then in the summertime... Like right in the middle of the summer, stays dark for twenty four hours. Wow, that's crazy. That's yeah, really cool. I, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, but. no. I, I, so when you think we live in the tundra here, just <laughs> think of Alaska. That's a good way to look at it. So in today's episode, we are talking about how to prevent mold in income producing properties. That's a really good topic because lots of people are starting to get into or have income producing properties. Yes, and it, you know, the reason that. You know, I wanted to, to do an episode on this is because if you're, if people call them slum lords, but even if you're a great landlord, you could, it could cost you a lot of money financially if, if there's a mold problem and, you know, your renters could potentially sue you. I mean, it could, it could turn into a mess. And so, you know, I know we've done episodes on the renter side, what you do as a renter, but we haven't really covered, you know, in depth what, what the actual owner or the landlord does. Well, and, and another thing, <clears throat> I wanted to start with uh, sort of from a different perspective, because lots of people get into the idea of 
uh, picking up fixer uppers, fixing them up, and then renting them out. Mm-hmm. And so when they pick up those fixer uppers, they're picking up some ugly, nasty, probably mold infested properties. And they assume that if they clean them up and beautify them, that they're ready to rent. From your perspective, before somebody even buys an income producing property, like how, how much mold is too big of a mold project to take on in terms of an income producing property? Well, in my opinion, the easiest way to answer this, and I know my listeners or our listeners aren't going to want to hear this, but any mold is, is, is of concern. If you can visibly see the mold, and you know this, I always say mold is the gift that keeps on giving because when we visibly see mold, once we start cutting the sheetrock away and pulling insulation back and sheetrock, wall coverings, floor coverings, we just keep finding more and more mold. Um, so if there's a mold issue, I'm not saying to run away from it, but you really need to get a professional involved. We do phone consultations. You know, I have one of the books uh, that I wrote was uh, Black Mold and Home Inspections. And, you know, that's a great book to kind of walk you through, you know, what you should be prepared for. But to answer your question, you need to take the mold seriously. You have to have a professional. But on the other hand, don't let the mold scare you away. I mean, you could you could pick up a home that's got a ton of mold and you can gut the whole thing or pay somebody to do it for, you know, not that much. And you, you still come out where you got a pretty good deal. So I'm not, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but... Well, and I, but I think it's a couple of things. I think it's a lot of people who are getting into the income producing properties don't realize that home inspections are not the same as mold inspections, nor are they the same as getting a quote on what mold midi- mitigation would cost. Exactly. So they have to factor in if they see mold in an income producing property that they want to buy, getting it assessed before they buy it and understanding what the cost could be. Right. And so... You know, I talk about it uh, in the courses I've created and in, in the books that a general a home inspection is a general a general home inspection. It's that's a generalist. It's like going to your GP. That that their sole purpose as a general home inspector is to identify major hazards. So if they find a mold concern, which I think you should hire. You know, obviously I'm a little biased, but you should always hire a mold specialist, anyways, just to. To cover your butt for a few hundred dollars, you, you just know that you know you have that security of knowing that hey, we ran air tests, there's not an issue. But like you said, you know you can have the inspection, then you can bring in a mold guy. But then even when you bring in a mold mitigation contractor, like I just said, mold's the gift that keeps on giving. If 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 the mold mitigation company quotes you, let's just say twenty thousand dollars, you could easily be into it over thirty with change orders. It's and it's not the contractor's fault. He's not doing it on purpose. These aren't change orders from a general contractor's perspective because you wanted to upgrade things. These are things that, like, they have to chase the mold. And so you could easily be in well over what you think. And I guess my point behind that is, is don't have such a, a tight budget that you can't be prepared for, instead of the mold mitigation being twenty grand, it could be 30 35 and you want to be able to test it and figure it out beforehand so you can factor in right. that extra cost. And on the, on the flip side of what you said, we've seen houses for sale that are FHA or foreclosed or owned by HUD or whatever, and they say suspected mold, but they haven't done any testing. So you might 
pick up a property for relatively cheap because they're suspected molds come to find out there really isn't. So yeah. it could work both ways, couldn't it? It could. And so a lot of foreclosures, um, they operate under the umbrella of it's sold as is. Correct. They, they, they have an appraisal done. Um, typically when that appraiser comes in, there's flooring missing, there's whatever issues. And they'll look at that appraisal and they'll say, okay, you know, we're going to drop whatever 20% off of that. We're selling this as is. So they're not going to fix anything. I cover this all the time and I cover it in the, the book that I wrote. Even if it's sold as is and they're not going to fix anything, you need to know what you're getting into. Now, going off of what you said, they could, they could think it's suspected mold, but if you bring in a specialist and run air tests and do a mold inspection, you might find out there isn't mold. I wouldn't tell the, the owner, it's an REO is what they call real estate own. Um, I wouldn't tell them that, but at least you know. So my point is, is even as is, you need to know what you're getting into. Cause you might just think, like I said earlier, well, there's only mold in this bathroom. Well, it might end up being there's mold in this bathroom, the kitchen adjacent to it, and the crawl space below it. Absolutely. Which is why I think a lot of people, especially if you, you're working and you have income-producing properties, you should have a mold consultant sort of not on staff but on retainer like you would a lawyer right? for when you a mold problem happens because you have a renter whose basement flooded for some reason or you're considering buying a property, I think that's where your mold consultations become super handy. Right. Because when somebody needs to just check up on a, one of their properties or ask a question, a mold consultation goes a long way in helping them to figure right. things out. And the big difference, you know, I, I think with, with CNC contractor services, we're, we're, we're so much different than our competitors who are what we'll call restoration companies. I'm more on the educational side. I'm there to protect the occupants of the home. I'm not going to tell, you know, if one of our listeners has a property and they think they have mold, I'm not going to tell them, well, do whatever you can to cover it up. I'm going to tell them, hey, you need to address this. And a lot of times as a landlord or the owner that you don't want to hear that. But on the other hand, do you want to be sitting in a courtroom being sued for $80,000 because, you know, somebody's baby got sick or, you know, I've seen pets that die. There's all sorts of things. So, yeah, consultations are, we can really, you know, do the best we can to make sure that you're not going to get sued down the road. Absolutely. It goes a long way. And when you think about it, if somebody's listening to this and they have income producing properties, whether it's Airbnb properties or properties that they rent or multifamilies or commercial properties, what kinds of things can they do to prevent mold? First off, and, and I'm hoping <laughs> as a owner or landlord, that you're doing routine inspections. Now, that doesn't mean just an inspection when you get a new tenant. Like you should be doing inspections every six months. So you need to go in there and make sure. And when I say inspections, you know, if you feel comfortable doing it yourself, then so be it. Uh, you know, like I said, we have courses, we have books that can help you. But obviously I would recommend hiring a mold inspector. Does that mean he comes in every six months? No, you do it, you know, once a year and then hire a professional, but bring them in and make sure you don't have issues. Another key thing is to talk to your renters and say, hey, you know, this this affects your air quality. Make sure your kids aren't splashing in the tub. Make sure, you know, you're looking behind the water heater, you know, down in the basement or whatever. Do, you know, 
be proactive with the renters and let them know, hey, this is for you, not for me. If you think you have a mold issue, come to us so that, you know, they feel comfortable that you have their back too. Because most renters think, like I said, they look at their landlords as slumlords and they don't care. But as, an, as the property owner, be proactive about it. So what, what should an owner do if they figure out that they do have a mold infestation? You need to make sure you get the renters out immediately. Wow, that's a big... I'm assuming if they have to get the renters out immediately, it's on them to pay for the hotel? Yeah, that uh, that part I would... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how people's leases are written up. But yeah, it, it's going to be on them. But But once again... Think about the liability issues. And, and I say this all the time. What's your health worth? Well, when it's renters, you don't really get to dictate what their health is worth. So you, do, right. you need to get them out. And this, as crazy as it sounds, this isn't you know, how it always ends up. But I always tell my clients, you have to leave with the clothes on your back. Go buy a new set of clothes and then throw those clothes, the, the moldy ones or that were in the moldy environment, throw them away. It sounds extreme, but that's how, that's the only way you can detox and get away from a moldy environment and not, not bringing that mold concern into your hotel room. If you take your kids' bedding and pillow and stuffed animals and all this stuff that had mold on it from your rental, this is a, from a renter side of you, you take that into a hotel room, you're not taking care of the problem. So make sure that as the owner, you get those tenants out of there because otherwise they can come back on you and say, hey, we got sick and it's your fault and you knew about it. Which goes back to your whole point about inspections. When tenants move out, you should take a video. You should do an inspection. You should do some mold testing. You should make sure that you have documentation of where that income-producing property was prior to somebody moving in, where it is every six months while that person's living there. So in case a mold infestation happens, they have documentation. And it could be... You know, the mold infestation could have been created by neglect on the renter's part. Correct. And so you need to make sure, like you said, that you, you're you covering your butt so that, you know, you're not having to deal with the mold infestation because your your previous renters were slobs, I guess, the best way to say it. Make sure, too, you know, on the mitigation side of it, you obviously need to hire a professional. and Make sure you're running air tests after the mitigation's done. So that you can show, you know, down the road, if someone wants to try to blame you, like, oh, yeah, my, my friend told me that they were renting here and there was a mold concern, and then they're, they're freaking out. You could say, hey, uh, here's the air test. We, everything was fine after we did mitigation. So make sure, like I said, you have a, a, the proper professionals come in and, and do the mitigation. Absolutely. So for, for those uh, who own income-producing properties, what is their call to action? To go do an inspection. Okay. It, it Make sure you're doing it. Don't wait till your tenant moves out. Make sure you're doing it every six months. And obviously, have that in your lease. But do routine inspections and be proactive with your renters. And don't you think it's good for them to have a slush fund and escrow money set aside oh, for course. these kinds of events? Yeah. Yeah, so, they don't get, so they don't get surprised by a, a $30,000 yeah. mitigation bill? Typically, you should be, um, you know, we've talked about this, you should be putting at least 10% into a maintenance fund. So if you're, you know, charging $1,500 a month, $150 a month needs to go into a maintenance fund. So if you do have an issue, now, if you have a mold issue, that's going to cost a lot more. A lot but more. 
if you have like you know you need to replace a roof that's can you know you should probably have those funds put away and you know a lot of landlords just think that they can take the deposit from the renters well if the renters fulfilled everything in the lease that's that's their money so don't think that 1500 deposits yours yeah so be proactive and then like you talked about you know have a, a mold specialist or consultant that you actually are working with you know i don't know a whole lot of i don't know any mold consultants out there besides myself on this side of it mm-hmm. you know so make sure that you know you can can look on our website see what the pricing is and you know what we offer but make sure you are consulting with a mold specialist there you have it you can also find out more about our mold consultations at cnccontractorservices.com all right we'll catch you on the next episode Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.